God is love. Amen. That's the title of the message this morning. God is love. And we know he loved us because of his son, Jesus Christ. God loved us so much that he gave his only son, Jesus. Then he died for us. So anybody that believes in him has eternal life. He's saved. That person gets to be with God forever. See, God wanted us with, with him all from the, from the, from the get-go. He wanted a relationship with us. And he still wants a relationship with us. He still wants a relationship with you. Amen? He wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide you in every single aspect of your life. That's all he wants. Isn't that amazing that the God of the universe, all he wants is to be with us? That's, that's, uh, that's, that's unexplainable, just like the song says. It's unexplainable. It's, and his love is undeniable. You can't deny that there's a God that loves this world. Because if there wasn't a God, then this world would have already been gone. Amen? It would have all been over already. But because there's a God who loves us, there's still grace on this earth. The Holy Spirit is still here on this earth, and He still wants to be with you and guide you until the day that you're with Him physically in His glory. Amen? Glory to God. So God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Let's think about what that's saying there. He that loveth not knoweth not God. So if, if I'm a person that only cares about myself, I don't know God. Because to know God is to love like God. To know God is to love people more than I love myself. I have to love people above me because Jesus died because he loved us more than he loved his own body that he gave it as a sacrifice for our sins. So in that example, we have to be willing to sacrifice our wants and desires to go and seek the people that need help, the people that need Jesus, the people that need uh, whatever need they have, financial or clothes or whatever it is they need, we get to do that in the name of Jesus. And in that way, we show love, the love of God to those people. So if I don't know to do that, then I don't truly know God because God is love. That's what it ends with. That, that verse ends with, for God is love. In the New Testament, Jesus was asked the question, by, by one of the Pharisees and uh, one of the religious, the, the so-called religious people of that time, um, they said, they said, Master, because they wanted to, they, they were basically just quizzing him to see if he would answer the right question, because all they were about was, I, I just wanted to know if, if you know these or not. That's all they were, they were doing. They were just surface level religious people that all they cared about is, are you going to say the right things? Amen. And we're, we're to follow God. We're to follow Jesus in that. When people ask you a question, you give what the Holy Spirit gives you to say. 
You don't give what you think they want you to say. Amen. You don't, you can't follow the status quo. You have to give what the Holy Spirit tells you to say or do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do in love. And they asked him, they said, what, they said, Master, what's, what's the greatest commandment? You know, and they knew all this. They knew the law of Moses. And they said, what's the greatest commandment? Well, Jesus answers by giving them two. And the first one he gives, he quotes from Deuteronomy 6.5. First one he says is from Deuteronomy 6.5. And, and the reason he quotes it from the Old Testament, which basically what he told people to write, you know, this is Jesus they're talking to. They don't even realize what the, who they're asking this to. He, he is the author of the Word of God. And they're asking him, what's the greatest commandment? So he quotes Deuteronomy because he's talking to somebody that would relate to this. See, isn't that amazing how Jesus answered this question? Because he could have just said anything and it would have been the truth because he's Jesus. Amen? All he can say is truth. He can't deny his own self. But he quotes it from the Bible. At that time, that person would have read this in the Old Testament. And so he's relating to that person. That's how much God loves us. That even in our time of confusion, in our time of trying to interrogate him, in our time of trying to figure things out, he still comes to our level to answer the questions. So he quotes it from 6.5 and he says, and thou shalt love the Lord, which capital letter Lord, Yahweh, your God, thy God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's the, great, that's the first thing he says to him. You got to love God with everything that you have. But wait a minute. This is what we got to really understand here. How can we love a being that we can't physically see or touch. How do we do that? Well, then Jesus explains it in the second thing he says. And then he quotes it from Leviticus. He goes to Leviticus 19.18. He says, Thou shalt uh, not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou, here it is, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, I am the Lord. So he's quoting from the scripture. He's saying, this is what God says is the greatest commandment, that you love God with everything inside of you. And how do you do that? By loving your neighbor. Because when you love your neighbor, when you love somebody else in that fashion, you're showing love to God. And because we can't physically hug God, we hug people because those people represent his children that he loves. So you think about this. What's the best way to get in good with a family that you don't know? Well, you love their kids. Amen? Think about that. You love their kids. Because the minute that mom sees that you love her kids as much as she loves her kids or as much as she thinks people should love her kids, you immediately love on that person. And they realize that you have that love inside of you, the capacity to love. God put that in us 
in all of us. We all have the capacity to love. Whether or not we choose to love has to do with the fact of, do I love the way the world says to love, or do I love the way God says to love? And the way God says to love is to love everybody, even the people you don't know, the way you should love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. Everything that is in us has to be to love other people. And and here here we see uh, the word love in the Bible. Uh, the Hebrew uh, the Hebrew word for love is rahma. That's kind of how you say it, rahma. And I'm probably butchering it. And then later they translated it into the Greek. And this is the word that all of us have really come to know growing up in church. We've heard this word, and that's agape. That's the Greek word for love. But when you when you look at what they were talking about, they weren't just saying like the love between a man and a woman, the love between a, a, a husband or a, a father and a son and, and or cousins and aunts and uncles. It wasn't just talking about familiar love. It was talking about a love that surpasses every kind of love here on earth. It's the love that we're supposed to have for God. Because he first showed that agape love through Jesus Christ. When Jesus was on this earth, he exemplified the love that we were supposed to give to other people. People saw lepers coming by, they started throwing rocks at them. And they said, get out of here. You don't belong here. You're stained. You're spotted. You're, you don't belong here. But then Jesus would walk right up to them. He would embrace them. He would love them. And then he would heal them. With his power, he prayed over them to show us what the power of love can do. Amen? Think about that. Have you ever, have you ever uh, met somebody or been around somebody for a very long time? In the, in the very beginning of, of the relationship between you and that person, it was kind of like, you know, like this. And, and you knew as soon as you were going to say hi to that person, you were just like preparing yourself for the, for the comeback comment because they're going to come right at you with a kind of that gruff attitude. And you're thinking, well, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta toughen up because they're going to come at me with that. So I gotta come back, and, and and then you realize, if I give back kindness, then that softens that person's heart. That's what Jesus was trying to show us. He said, he said we come back. He he said, he said I I want to love people. I want you to, to know this. I want to show this to you. You love them into the kingdom. You don't, you don't drag them into the kingdom. It, it has nothing to do with force or how strong you are. It's how weak you are and how strong I am in you. That's how God's agape love works. So agape in the Greek means love, not just in words, but also in action. So it's an action kind of love. We, we, we show it by our actions, not just, oh, I, yes, I'm praying for you. No, you go and pray for them. Or no, I'll, I'll, I'll be, you're in my thoughts and prayers. No, action. You go to that person and you let them know and you show them that they're, that they're in your thoughts and prayers because there's action behind the words. And the word of God says, don't just do it with lip service. Amen. 
It says do it in action. We do the works of God because God loved us first. And we talked about that last Sunday, how we're made righteous not because of works, but because of Jesus' love for us. And because of that love, it gets translated into works, into physical or uh, work, working action love toward people. Agape love. Not just in words. So we express, when you express love for God by loving your neighbor and vice versa, the actions you take towards your neighbor are because of your love for God. That's why Jesus said the first commandment is love your God. Second is love your neighbor as thyself. Because if you love yourself, you love yourself because God loves you. It's not, I'm going to, I'm going to, love myself, uh, when I go shopping for Christmas, I'll pick up my gifts first, and then I'll shop for somebody else. That's not, you know, I'm just giving you a very basic example. You know, the person that loves beyond themselves says, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking for something that shows my gratitude and love for this person. You know, we know that a gift is a physical thing. It doesn't mean anything. It's the, it's the giver and the way that giver gives it that means something. Amen? That's, that's what it's talking about. Glory to God. And it says, and it says uh, love, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, and also love your enemy. So now, here's the next level. So, you know, we thought we were doing good, right? We thought, oh, we just, we kind of love people. Yeah, well, they're easy to love. I, I love them all day long. Well, Jesus said, hey, what reward do you have when you just love the ones that love you back? What reward do you have when you lend to those that you know will give it back? There's no reward there because that's a selfish kind of giving. You're expecting something back. And Jesus said, no, I don't expect anything back. I'm going to love you and I don't need anything back. It's just love to you. That's it. And you can receive that in faith and you can know that I died for your sins and you don't have to do anything back. It's a pure agape love of God. And so he says, now it says, love your enemy. Love the people that want to hurt you. Love the people that want to persecute you. Love those people. That's, that's the next level. That's, the, that's, the, that's where really we, when you do that, you're in a, in a state in your soul where you're, you're your love is a pure love because you're loving the unlovable. What the world says is unlovable, you're saying, no, no, God, God loves that person because he loved me and I was unlovable. I was a sinner. I was tainted. I was going to hell. I was not right with God. But Jesus loved me and he made me right and he doesn't ask for anything back in return. All he asked is for me to love it back, love God and love people. That's it. That's all he asked. And, 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 then, and then we're made whole because of that. Because we love the unlovable. So he said, love your enemy. This is Luke. Luke 6.35, here's where it says, Love ye your enemies, and do good 
and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. Why? Because where's your reward coming from? It's not coming from earth. It's coming from God the Father in heaven. That's where your reward is coming from. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Think about what kind of love God is asking us to give right now. We got to pray and we got to love even the people that are evil. Amen? And evil is just another word for sin. And so we were there also. We were evil. We were in sin. But then Jesus came in and he took away all that sin. And he and and he's asking us now because I was merciful to you, I need you to show that love to everybody else. Glory to God. That's how we overcome evil with good, with love. And that's what God wants us to do. Amen. So we love because God first showed love to us through Jesus and his teachings. He showed us to love others in spite of what we might receive from showing them love and kindness and compassion. So we're not asking for anything in return. We're just loving people. That's it. That's it. And when people ask you, well, what, what is it you want? You know, because here's, here's what's going to happen. When you begin to love people like God loved us, like Jesus asked us to love people, you're going to begin to get people asking you questions saying, what do you want in return? And that's, that's where, the, that's where the real work of the Holy Spirit comes in because you get to say nothing. And you can smile right back and say, I don't need anything. I'm just loving you. And they're like, well, why would you do that? Don't you want something in return? And you can say, because God loved me first. Let me tell you how he did that. Jesus died on that cross for my sins. Amen. That's an open door. when you just, It's easy to love people. It's easy to love people. Amen? It's easy to love people. And that's an open door uh, to salvation for those people. Because you show them what God did for us and what Jesus did for us. Amen. Go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended His love toward us. God gave it. He commanded it. He sent it toward us. Through Jesus Christ, he said, In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God could have just punished us. Amen? Think about that. He was, he was totally in his right to punish us. He didn't have to do this anymore. He didn't have to do it anymore. He could have been done. But he said, No, I love you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to send my son to die for your sins. He says, while we were yet sinners, we got a savior. That's like being pardoned. Amen. Think about that. That's like being, being sentenced for the worst crime in the history of the world. And everybody knows it. And you know it. And there's no getting out of it. And right before the sentencing, right before you, you're, you're going to be sentenced, 
Somebody walks in and says, I'll take his place. Can you imagine what that would look like? That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He came in and said, I'll take their place. I'll take the sin of the world. I'll die for their sins. And they are pardoned. They're forgiven. And I don't ask anything back. All he asks is for love in return. Amen. That's all God. That's all Jesus asks for from us. Glory to God. Um, now go to 1 John 4, 9. So we started with 1 John 4, 8 that said, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Here is the second part of that. 1 John verses 4, 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Manifested. That means it became physical, known to us here on earth. Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And I'll add this to this real quick. In 1 John chapter 4, it's talking about being sure that spirits are of God. And so when you say Jesus Christ came in the flesh, and you believe that and you say that, you're a spirit of God. Your spirit is of God. Your spirit is of love. And you know God because of the love that you show people in the name of Jesus. If, if, if somebody can't proclaim and can't verbally proclaim and believe that Jesus came in the flesh, then the Spirit of God is not in them. It's the spirit of flesh. It's the spirit of evil. And that's how we can discern that. But we have to show that love. We have to be the manifestation of God's love in the flesh. Just like Jesus came in the flesh, we have to be God's love on this earth in the flesh because Jesus did that so now we're that it says in this was manifested the love of God toward us because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him we get to live not just live as as alive pumping your heart pumping blood through your body alive no we get to live beyond this life for eternity in heaven that's living here and then life eternal in heaven but we get the benefits of both of those things here think about that when we get to heaven and we're eternally in god's glory there is no pain there is no suffering there is no there is no wars there's nothing it's just peace all the time with god but here in this present world there is sin but god says don't worry because i overcame the world it's done so you can have peace in me because I have already died for your sins. So we can receive that supernatural peace. We can receive that supernatural blessing and life in this world, even in the middle of all the crazy chaos because of what Jesus did. And it's manifested through us. Because we were dead in sin, we did not see or understand love as a selfless love. When we were in sin, we were not selfless. We were selfish because we didn't understand that kind of love because it wasn't in us. When we come to Jesus, we accept Jesus Christ's death on the cross. We accept the love that he had for us. We understand it through our spirit, through our faith, through our confession, by the word, through our mouth. We understand God's agape love. And so now it's manifested in us so that we can share it to other people so that we can love without asking for anything back. 
Amen. So let me end with this. Jesus, when he was here, physically on earth, he sought the lost. So as I say this, I want you to understand that's what we're supposed to do now. He sought the lost. He sought the hurting, the needy, the sick. He gave compassion instead of judgment. He led his life on earth with selflessness. It wasn't about him. It was about everybody else that needed help. He gave of himself to the point of death on the cross. That's how far Jesus went. We need to understand something. That's how far we have to go to the point of giving everything because our life isn't here. Our life is in heaven. So if we give this life in the name of Jesus, it's okay because our life isn't, doesn't end here. It, it continues in heaven. Amen. And that's what the disciples realized right at the beginning. When they saw Jesus resurrected, when they saw him eating with them and communing with them, they realized something. They said, nothing can hurt. Nothing can, can ever hurt us because this is just a temporary transitional point and then we'll be with him again. That's what they realized. And that's what we have to realize as we lead this life. And that's how we can have courage, even in the middle of, of bad, to give love. That's why we can have courage to give love to the unlovable, to give love to the evil, because we overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's the love of God. Amen. And why? Because of the promise of eternal life with Jesus. It's there. It's already established. What do we have left to fear on this earth? Nothing. Because of what Jesus has done. Amen. If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You're a, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow him the rest of your life, Find a good Bible-preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible. And then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the salva full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you.
Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the Word today. God bless you, and may the Spirit of God guide and lead you always. Thank you.